the curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me in the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. 
His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, Thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. We're so glad that you're here. And if you're watching online, we welcome you as well. We just say hello. Father, we celebrate your goodness today. We thank you, Lord, that in your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasure forevermore. We welcome you into this place, into this moment, Lord. And we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together. Are you ready to worship
No. 
worthy, God. Worthy, worthy, Lord. Lord, you are worthy. We give you honor and glory and praise. There is no one like you. There is no one that can do what you can do. We put our trust in you, Lord. And you enabled us. And you empowered us. And you authorized us to live and walk and do things in your name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless your holy name. Come on, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. And all that is within me. Bless your holy name. And we forget not your benefits. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And Lord, we know and we are convinced that you are here with us right now. And we thank you that you speak to us. Listen to the voice of your shepherd. For you are my sheep, and you hear my voice. And I go before you, says the Lord, and I lead you to green pastures. I lead you to still waters. For it is my desire to bless you abundantly and to make sure that you are full and overflowing. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God for a shepherd. Amen. 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 Well, you may have your seats. Hallelujah. Well, it is good to be back from camp meeting. You know, camp meeting is like a glimpse of living by faith, right? Because you're in an intense atmosphere every day. And uh, you fellowship, you get the word, you rejoice, you get the word, you eat some food, you get the word, you catch a nap, you get the word. Amen. And uh, that's how we need to do it every day. And uh, God wants us to live by faith. So we had a great time at camp meeting and uh, we just rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, now we're going to speak the word. Amen. Amen. Just say this before we start. Say, I'm authorized, I'm authorized to speak the word of God, the word of God. And, to get God's results. and to get God's results. Amen. Amen. All right, let's make our confession. By, By faith, faith I, I choose to walk and live in love. God is love and, and we, we live, live for him and, and walk with him. We welcome and receive God's perfect love and we are fearless. Love is having God's nature within us. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Love is the fruit of the recreated human spirit planted in our heart by God. Love is born of the Spirit of God. Love makes my faith work. Love is God in action. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he acted. Jesus so loved that he came to earth. 
lived a perfect life, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. He chose to love me. He showed his love to me. And he gave his love to me. Love transforms our lives, our workplaces, and our homes. It makes life better. Our love abounds more and more and displays itself in greater depths, in real knowledge, and in practical insight. We have unfailing and fervent love for one another. We overlook unkindness, and we unselfishly seek the best for others. Through God's love, we are more thoughtful, gentle, and tender. Our love never grows old and never wears out. At Victory, our vision is to reach out beyond our walls with the message of salvation, hope, and inheritance, to proclaim the uncompromising Word of God, to build a strong body of believers, and to encourage relationships in a loving atmosphere. We activate God's Word to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. At Victory Christian Fellowship, we are inheriting God's promises and experiencing their benefits. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It's good to see each one of you, and it's good to be back at Victory. We enjoyed our trip, as Pastor Doug said, and... Uh, we had, as uh, Josiah, he wanted smooth butter landings. We had smooth butter t- flights. We had no delays. Everything worked according to schedule, which is a great big praise and hallelujah. So thank you, Jesus. Um, tomorrow is Pastor Doug's birthday, so we are celebrating his birthday tomorrow today. Yeah, hallelujah. After church, we have some refreshments to celebrate. And Pastor Doug is going to India to teach um, in a Rama school. So he'll be doing a lot of teaching there. And we have the opportunity and the blessing to support him in that. You can mark your giving to Commission Club. And also remember to be praying for him now as he prepares his lessons and while he's there, I see here, he departs August 10th. And then Tuesday, we have Air Force. We have a lot of testimonies to share what we learned and what the Lord did for us at um, camp meeting. And then we'll be sure to share them with you. We'll try to go record. Right? Josh is our recorder. <laughs> We'll record them. We have a Facebook page and an Instagram account that you can you can watch our um, we do videos. We also have a YouTube account, so we'll get we'll try to post our testimonies on there so you can you can hear them and see them. And then Wednesday night refreshing, it's going to be a double double because we missed last week here, so we're bringing what we gained. Wednesday, our week at camp meeting, we're going to bring it all. It's going to be a a double-double like you've never known before. Power pack double-double. That's Wednesday night at 630. I don't have any more on my page, but I do believe we still have the kitchen project and the lighting project that you can give to, we can give to. 
and get that done. Let's let's uh, go into August with projects complete and moving forward. God bless you. Amen. Well, um, we had a great group of uh, people that traveled. There weren't any complaints. And uh, people were tired, but they went served the Lord. Amen. Now, uh, I know that uh, they got tanked up a little bit. And uh, I want to just open up the floor here. If any of our the team that went to camp meeting, if you want to say a few words about your experience. I just want to, uh, you can, guys can come up one at a time and. Hallelujah. You want to start it off, Josiah? Yeah. Okay. So I have a revelation. Um, so you know how a plant, you need water for it to grow, to be healthy, um, to get all the fruit, the good stuff, like tomatoes, uh, yeah, blueberries and stuff. And But if you don't have water and... It'll not grow, and it'll not be healthy. It'll die. It's the same thing with Jesus. If you follow his words, you'll be like the healthy plant and get all the fruit, all the, toma- all the tomatoes, all the blueberries you need. But, without, but if you don't, it'll, the plant, you'll be like the plant that dies, and you won't get any of that fruit. Amen. Amen. So you got some water in Oklahoma? Hey, everybody. Um, there was a lot that happened during the week of camp meeting, and I will think of more as more things come up, but we experienced, like, joy and got taught the word and word of faith, and it was good to be in that atmosphere all week. Like, it felt so good for, like, my spirit and my soul. It was very satisfying, and to be around people of, like, faith all praising God and hearing the word and, like, being taught together it's very, like I said, it's uplifting. So I am glad to be part of Victory where we do the same thing. No, it was a great week. I mean, what I'm hearing is like the thunderous joy that's going on in heaven. That's what's taking place. But the greatest thing was the speakers. I mean, it was, what they laid out on the table was awesome. What you ate, you were filled. And um, Mark Hagen's. Oh, man. <laughs> he brought it. And it was great. But, you know, it's, it's like when heaven broke open. And it's like, man, the people were just jumping and, and running. I mean, they were just like nonstop. And I, I remember seeing at the very end this woman come flying up through the stage. Well, she lost control. And she ran into Nadine head on. <laughs> And they both laid out for the longest time. But, yeah, it was awesome. (laughs) And just so you know, it didn't hurt. When you're rejoicing in the Lord and the Spirit of God is there, you you have cushion. (laughs) So um, the mornings we had great laid out uh, word of faith from Charles Cohen. So that was good, great foundation to hear the word of God. I appreciated the the people that are years ahead of us. 
that were there to teach us the basics and to let us know these are important. Keep these before your eyes. Keep practicing. Keep studying the word. Keep practicing your faith. And keep being among like-minded believers because we need each other. We need the word of God. We need Holy Spirit. And we need the body of Christ to come together as one. And Mark Hankins, on Wednesday morning, if you go back and look for Wednesday morning. Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Okay, yeah, the days did kind of slide in. He was Thursday morning. Thursday morning. Mark Hankins taught about who we are in Christ. And he said it's, it's okay to know your identity. But you also have to show your identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't just say, I know who I am, but I'm not going to show anybody who I am. So like when you go somewhere, what do they want? They want to see your identity. They don't want you to say, I know who I am. <laughs> they need you to show proof of who you are. And we need to show proof of who we are in Christ. Amen. Yes, it was just such an awesome week. And one thing that I really enjoyed was the worship. Um, the Rama singers from like, I don't know, 30 years ago, because yeah. it was the 50th um, camp meeting, they kind of had a reunion and they sang some of the old songs like, look what the Lord has done. And so we got to hear the original um, versions of it. It was awesome. But I also just loved going up front um, and just dancing like crazy. It was awesome. And like at the beginning of the week, I got a little winded, <laughs> but then by the end of the week, I could just keep going. <laughs> God was given energy, yes. And um, on the night that Mark, Hank, or the morning that Mark Hankins um, spoke, right before he spoke, uh, the team sang, "When he sees me, he sees me in him." And like, <laughs> I just got touched by that. Like it just went right past my mind into my soul and spirit, <laughs> and I just got a revelation. It's so simple, but it's so foundational that when God sees us, He sees us in Jesus. And it was just awesome. So it was a great week. <laughs> Amen. Well, I like, well, first of all, I, I've had a good time spending time with my sister. And, and it's been like a, a year since I lost, um, get to meet with her. But it was, it was awesome. And um, I really enjoy Charles Cowan because he's like a phenomenal teacher. And I like to be, I like to be taught the Word of God continuously. And something new that I've learned is um, he was talking about a faithful lifestyle. And he was saying that we need all the fruit of the Spirit in order for our faith to, to work on its maximum level. So, like love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so on. If you're missing one of them... Then our faith, like, like in um, Mark 11, 22, 23, 24, to speak to the mountains and, you know, it should be cast into the sea and so, so forth. If, we don't, if you're missing one of the fruit of the Spirit, then our faith won't work as we want it to work. So if we have all the, the, um, the fruit of the Spirit in us, then when we speak to the mountain, it shall be cast into the sea. And it, it was awesome to know that, to know like, hey, if I'm missing something, I need to work on it. 
to, to, to reestablish that part. I, I, I don't want to be three quarter of a, of a, of a whole. I want to be the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> right? And um, it, it was great. And, and, and he said here, he said, God responds to a faith, to a lifestyle of faith. Um, if I reset, my faithful lifestyle, lifestyle gives order to my life. If you are missing one of the fruit of the Spirit, your faith will not work to its maximum capacity. Don't compromise your faith under any circumstances, but let God, God's will be done, not mine. And, and then he, he uh, mentioned a verse, I will honor those who honor me. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome. <laughs> I just love that I got the opportunity to go to each service and uh, just learn more about his word and just get the word in me. And my uh, favorite uh, service was Friday. I just got to yield to the Holy Spirit more and do things I normally wouldn't do, like dancing, jumping, and shouting. And that's just uh, exciting for me. Amen. So everything about Rama was wonderful. The worship was phenomenal. The word was even better. Um, On Friday, I can't say I've never been hit with the Holy Ghost like that before. It's definitely, it's just, different like it was so heavy and amazing it was great and it definitely recharged me to come back to go to work and do the things that i have to do like now i'm like let's go i got stuff to do i've got all these things to accomplish and i have such a great foundation to go with i just feel like i know who i am so much better and i'm ready to go so i have a pretty cool testimony um I think it was like Tuesday or something. Uh, one of the pastors spoke on healing, and he's, we had an altar call at the end of the night, and I went down to pray for my hand because I have a lot of pain in my wrist and on the side of my hand. Um, so I went down to pray or got prayed over, and he's like, if you don't feel anything, he's like, that's okay. He went, because God is walking in you no matter what. Well, the next day, um, another preacher, he was talking about the Holy Spirit and how he moves in you and he's in you. And at the end of the service, he went, I have a feeling somebody has hand pain, and it's a lot. And I'm like, yeah, that would be me. He raised up my hand, and he went, don't come down here. He's like, you have the Holy Spirit in you, and God says that your hands can heal the sick. So he's like, put, put your hand on yourself, and then repeat after me, and he did. And as soon as I did that, all of the pain instantly went away, Amen. and I have absolutely no more pain in my hand. So. Hallelujah. Alrighty, so it was a blast there the whole week. Like uh, Pastor Nadine was saying, the whole week just kind of all blended together. So, I mean, no, the weeks, the whole, all the sermons and days just blended together. It was an amazing time. But uh, Charles Cohen was one of the preachers that I really learned a lot from, and he spoke a lot about on the mind and how your faith works with your mind. To have the mind of faith, my apologies. And one of the things that really spoke out to me was, in, in one of the things that he said, he goes, your mind will chase the thoughts you think. And that was one thing that really hit me. It was like, because like you hear the thing like, you know, what you think on is what you're going to do. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, yeah, heard that. But when he said it that way, I'm like, oh, that really hit me. And I was like, hmm. But it was just one of those things that it brought a new perspective and something that I got something else out of. And it was just a blast to be there and really hope we get to go there again this year. Yeah. Amen. 
yeah, phenomenal. It must be because I'm up here talking, right? <laughs> but, okay, and it was the same speaker that Stephen was talking about, Charles Coe, and he had this coolest thing. So he used the example. So he talked about the mindset, right, who we are. And he used the example of that he was bullied in school. And he said, you know, this guy, and he was a little guy, Charles Cohen, he said in school was kind of a smaller guy, and then this bully was, you know, kept bothering him. And he said, you know, he goes, one day I just had enough. And he said, I knew in my mind, he was like, I'm taking this guy down. And he said, he went to school, I guess the bully said something or whatever, I don't know. But he says, he grabs him by the neck, and he body slams him down onto the ground, and he's like, enough. And he says, he said, that's what we're supposed to do with the devil. He said, he said his question was, um, have you had enough? He said, when are you, you know, have you had enough of the devil saying crap to you and bullying you? He says, and you body slam them with the word of God. So I love that part. <laughs> yes. And I want to encourage you. Um, they did a, uh, a video of the history of camp meeting, how it started, and that's on uh, Rama YouTube. It's like 56 minutes, but it's worth it. You get to see how it, it came about, how they started, and uh, how they've been going for uh, 50 years. So it's uh, pretty amazing. And, um, you know, we, we bring back, uh, when we go to these things like this, you know, we bring back uh, rich deposits. And... Uh, you know, there's a, uh, there's a church in South Dakota that brought 60 young people. And uh, their church has just been exploding. And the whole group of 60 young people from South Dakota came. And uh, they, they were there last year, too. And it's just, they're kind of electrifying. You know, they get up front and they, they start going. And uh, it's really wonderful. Amen. Well, I want you to turn to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 15 before I dismiss the, the kids. And I just want to show you something here. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I want you to look at verse uh, 35. I'll get there in just a second. All right. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 35. It says, but some, some man will say, how are the dead raised up? And with what body do they come? You fool that that which you sow is not quickened, except it uh, die. Uh, so when you sow something, it becomes dead to you, but then it becomes alive. And it becomes something else. Amen? And uh, he said, and that which you sow, you sow not that body that shall be, but bare grain it may chance of wheat or of some other grain, but God gives it a body as it has pleased him and to every seed its own body. Do you know that God gives a body to every seed? So when you plant a seed in God's kingdom, a financial seed, a time seed, 
a love seed, a worship seed. God gives it a body. It dies to you, but then it becomes something else and it's dying and it becomes fruitful and multiplies. Amen. And, uh, but he said, but God gives it a body as it pleased him and to every seed its own body. Verse 39, all flesh is not the same flesh, but there was one kind of flesh of men, another kind of flesh of beasts, another kind of flesh of fishes and another bird. And I would also add another kind of finances because finance has a body. Does it not? Right. We call it money. It's a medium of exchange. And uh, there are celestial bodies, there are terrestrial, but the glory of the terrestrial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. So when you, t- you know, Jesus, he said, I'm, unless a, 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 a seed of wheat falls to the ground and die, it will not produce. But if it dies, it will multiply in its death, right? Jesus was a seed. He was the father's seed in the earth to start a family. And with that seed, Jesus died on the cross, right? But then his body took on another shape. You, me, and all of us together, and, and all, everyone that the body that is coming into the kingdom of God, the body is growing. The body is multiplying. The body is increasing. And the same is true with finances. I mean, giving is like sowing. And you plant a seed... It dies to you because it leaves your hand, but it go, it never, you know, a seed never leaves, once it leaves your hand, it never leaves your life, but it goes into your future. Amen? And, uh, so in your giving today, I want you to think about that. And I just, uh, I'm excited, uh, that I have the privilege to go to, uh, another country and to preach and teach the gospel. Uh, I'm gonna be working hard. <laughs> Nine to five, Monday through Friday. I'm, I'm going to be teaching two courses that week. And, uh, there's, we only have like a three hour break every day. And then I preach on Sunday in the church. So, uh, I thank, I thank you guys for sending me that I can represent the VCF in all the parts of the world. Amen. So, uh, if you'd like to help me, uh, if you'd like to sow into that, you can do it this week and next week because, um, I'll be gone for uh, two Wednesdays and two Sundays, and uh, I'll spend about uh, 30 plus hours in a plane <laughs> and uh, different times in airports. So hallelujah. Father, I give you thanks and praise that we have the opportunity to sow and to give into your kingdom. Lord, we can, we, we just take it, we consider it a great honor and a privilege and a joy to give to you, Lord. All good things originate with you. And Lord, when we give to you, you multiply our seed. You cause it to increase and abound in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. I bless every giver and all their gifts in Jesus' name. Of course, you can give anytime during the service. Of course, if you're watching online, go to our website and you can give that way. And uh, I just encourage you, you won't be disappointed in sowing your seed. Amen. Amen. All right. We got some awesome, wonderful, good-looking kids in this group today and some great teachers. So, kids, we want to dismiss you to your class. Have a great night. Hallelujah. Well, I I did have to laugh because... uh, like three or three, three or four people that testified or where they were kind of preaching my message. <laughs> so that's great. Oh, yeah. Um, as you, how many know that uh, Gabriel's car was stolen uh, on the Monday 
before camp meeting started, right? And um, he went out, didn't see his car. Someone had uh, taken his keys. And uh, one of his friends was praying, and he was out looking for the car, and the Lord said, look here. And they found it uh, near a Planet Fitness, about three miles away. We got the car back, got it rekeyed. And, but we're declaring that the thief is caught. Amen? Yes. Amen. And the keys are found. Yes. So you can believe uh, with us for that. And, you know, this trip, it, it had some challenges, but every challenge was overcome in, with faith. Yes. Amen? And uh, even though challenges rose up, it didn't stop us, didn't slow us, and uh, we just uh, overcame. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, how many love the Lord? And uh, this morning, I just wanted to encourage you, and I want to share with you some ingredients to strong faith. You know, the Bible says in four places, um, Galatians 3.11, Romans 1.17, uh, Hebrews 10 and uh, Hosea, and the Bible encourages us, it says, the just shall live by faith. Everybody say, the just shall live by faith. You know, God, of course, faith pleases God, and and everything that we need to do from the beginning to the end, when we make Jesus and, and when we uh, finish our course, we all have to do it by faith. And we have to live a faith lifestyle. You know, faith is not something you do in a moment or on an occasion. It's something you do every day. And Jesus didn't die on the cross or he didn't live a perfect life, die a tragic death on the cross and rise again. For us to accept him and then not carry on what he did. What kind of life did Jesus live? Sinless life. Perfect life. He lived a life yielded to God. Every day that Jesus woke up, he was interested. His number one priority was doing the Father's will. Every word that he spoke... He made sure that he was representing the Father. Every action he did, he was representing the Father. He was seeing the Father do it. Jesus lived his life to please God. He is the founder of Christianity. So you can learn a lot from a founder of an organization. Right? He left us a pattern. Now, It is not impossible for us to live like Jesus. He made it possible. He told his disciples in John 14, 6, he said, the works that I do, you can do also. Can we walk by faith? Whose faith do we walk by? God's faith, right? Jesus gave us the faith that he gave to us so that we can live by it. Okay? So I want to encourage your faith, all right? Um, go with me to First Chronicles chapter 15. First Chronicles chapter 15. And verse 1. First Chronicles 15:1. And it says, 
And David made him houses in the city of David and prepared a place for the ark of God and pitched for it a tent. I want you to know this. The moment you decide to change, things are going to begin to change. How many know the story of the prodigal son? Everybody heard that story? Right? He, he wanted his inheritance early before his father died. And he said, I want to get my inheritance early. The father gave it to him. And he used his inheritance, his, the money that he had on riotous living. Right? He had friends while he had money. But then where did he end up? He ended up in a pig pen. Okay? And while he was in that pig pen, while his clothes were raggedy, while his belly was empty, while he was desiring to eat what the pigs eat, you've got to be in a very bad place if you want to eat what the pigs eat. I've seen what pigs eat. I have no desire to eat what a pig eats. I'll have some bacon, but not what the pig eats. You've got to be in a pretty bad place. But something happened in his mind. The Bible said he came to himself. He got his mind off of himself and he put it on other people. In my father's house are servants and the servants in my father's house have it better than me. If I go back home and volunteer to my father to be a servant. See, in order for him to change from the pig pen, something had to change in his mind. Something had to change on the way he thought about it. You know, when you get tired of being in the pig pen, come out. When you get tired of just putting up with that sickness, get healed. Amen? When we get tired of uh, not having enough, let's prosper. But where's it going to start? It's going to start in our mind. It's going to start with new information. It's going to start when we, when we make a decision to change. David made the decision that he was going to build a place for God. He was going to, he prepared a place for God. David was, was always preparing a place for God. He was the only, God was amazed that someone on earth would want to build God a house. But it, God, you know, that was in David's heart. That's, that's why he was called, he had a heart after God. How many of us have a heart after God? All right. So how do we begin to change? Number one, you've got to hear what God says. If you want to change your situation, you've got to get the absolute truth about how to change your situation. You may be dealing with pain in your body. That's a fact. But I have truth that will change a fact. Did you know that facts don't change facts? If, if you're experiencing something in your life, that's a fact. But if you add other facts to it, it's not going to change the fact. Right? But there is something that can change fact. It's called truth. Absol- not just any truth, but absolute truth. Truth from God. Every word that God spoke is true. Jesus said, I am the truth. So if you want to change your situation, you've got to hear what God says. Then you have to believe what God says. You have to be, you have to make a decision in your heart that you have to become fully persuaded, fully convinced that what God said is so. Say, I believe God. God. When you make a statement that you're believing God, all other alternatives are out of the way. 
Amen? We have, Abraham had to become fully, he was fully persuaded that God was able to do what he promised. How are you going to have a baby when you're a hundred and your wife's ninety? You're going to have to believe God. The fact was their bodies weren't ready for children. It was past the time. That was a fact. But God gave him a truth. He gave him a promise. He spoke a word to him. I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And he held on to that promise. Even when it it looked like it it wasn't going to come to pass, he held on to that promise. He held on to it, and finally the promise came to pass. So you've got to hear what God says. You've got to believe what God says. And you've got to do what God says. James 1 encourages us to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer only. You've got, it's the, it's, we are blessed in doing what God said. Jesus did his father's will. Jesus was a doer of God's will, just like he called us to be doers of God's will. And he equipped us to be, to do God's will. Amen? Every one of us right now in this room and in the church, we are equipped to do God's will. We can do whatever. Do you realize the very fact that God spoke to you to do something? He already, in his, in his words to you, he already equipped you to do it. Do you realize when God spoke to Moses from a burning bush, I want you to go into Egypt and deliver my people. Moses was already equipped to do it. So all, all Moses had to do was go do it. And how many know, God didn't allow Moses to make excuses. The more excuses that Moses made as to why he can't do what God said, the angrier God got. When you start making excuses of why you can't do what God said, you're you're making God to be a liar. You read the story of Moses, Exodus 3. God got mad. All right. So if you want to change, you got to hear what God says. You got to believe what God says. You got to do what God says. And you got to get involved with God's purpose and endure. How many know Christians need to endure? Why? Our strength comes from God. We, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen. Philippians 4. Is that true or not? Oh, but we come. We come up against a challenge. Oh, it, the, the mountain is so big. Yeah, but I got a mountain mover. Yeah. You, you have a mountain mover living on the inside of you. And all you got to do to make that mountain move is talk to it. Mountain, let me have a little talk. Get out of my way. Amen? Amen. Will the mountain obey you? You didn't sound like you're convinced. You were just giving me an answer that I wanted to hear. Did the Bible say the mountain will move when you speak to it? Yeah. yeah. Now that's better. That's. Amen. Go to Exodus chapter 18. Exodus chapter 18. Hallelujah. Did you know. That whatever God plans for you to do, you will not be able to do it alone. If you think you can do it alone, you a fool. (laughs) 
All right? Look at Exodus chapter 18 and verse 23. <laughs> now, Moses thought he could do it all himself. You know, hey, God called me to deliver my Israel from Egypt. I'm a deliverer. I stood before Pharaoh. I said, let my people go. God performed miracles. And they went. Amen. Pharaoh had to let them go. I can do it all. No, you're going to need help. All right. Moses was trying to do it all by himself. And uh, his father-in-law. Thank God for father-in-laws. You know, I'm so thankful for my father-in-law who's in heaven now cheering us from the grandstands. Amen. Notice what uh, Jethro told Moses. Well, let's just uh, back up to verse 21. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, And place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, ruler of fifties, and rulers of tens. You know, there's about two to three million people that left Egypt. And uh, you cannot lead them all by yourself. Amen? So verse 22, let them judge the people at all seasons. And it shall be that every great matter they shall bring unto you, but every small matter they shall judge. So it shall be easier for yourself. And they shall bear the burden with them. Verse 23. If you shall do this thing and God command you so, then you shall be able to endure and all this people shall go to their place in peace. So Moses hearkened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he said. And it relieved the burden. Can you imagine? (laughs) Probably a 10-hour day dealing with problems that arise from 2 to 3 million people living in a wilderness. (laughs) Can you imagine Moses' counseling calendar? I can squeeze you in three months from now. I mean, Moses was busy, but he couldn't do it all himself. Right? So he had to be able to endure. So in order to endure, he needed to get help. He needed to build a team. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So, see, faith, faith, we have faith that overcomes the world. First John 4, 4, this is the victory. Our faith is a victory that overcomes the world. Say, I have victorious, overcoming faith. Every one of us have this, right? For every challenge that comes against you in life, you have faith to deal with it and overcome it. You have faith to defeat it. You have faith to rise above it. Amen. You have faith to go through it. Amen. Did you know the faith that God gave you is amazing? I mean, we sing amazing grace, but how, oh, amazing faith. How sweet the sound. I can move mountains all around. Hallelujah. So we need to keep our faith strong. All right? Now there are ingredients. How many, how many bakers do we have in here? <laughs> 
I'm not a baker, but I like to eat baked goods, right? How many know baked goods require ingredients, right? And certain baked goods require certain ingredients. Other baked goods require other, require other ingredients, right? Anything that you make requires ingredients, right? If you're missing an ingredient to your star dish or whatever it may be, does it taste like it should? No, something is missing and it had, it has to be added to it in order for it to be what it was meant to be, in order for it to taste what it was meant to taste. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. See, the thing about recipes is it can be duplicated. If you have a recipe to make an ingredient, you can develop your skill and you can become good at it. Amen? Even if you're not a good uh, baker or whatever, but if you, someone gives you a recipe and you follow it like they should and you do what they tell you to do, you'll, you'll, it'll come out, right? It, this is the thing about God's word. It's duplicatable. God gave us a recipe of success. It's called the Bible. He gave us a recipe of strategy. It's called the Bible. He gave us a recipe of healing. It's called the Bible. He gave us a recipe of abundant life. It's called the Bible. Okay? Well, what are some things that need to go into strong faith? Devon already mentioned it. Let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Are you excited this morning? Hallelujah. Okay. Let's go to Galatians 5, and let's start with verse 16. Galatians 5, verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Is it possible to walk in the Spirit? Why? Why is it possible? Because the Word said it. Right? Whatever the Word says, you can do. Whatever the Word says, you can have. You can have. Whatever the Word says, you can be. You can be. If you want to relabel yourself, you can put a word label on you. Come on, we got to put some word labels on us. Because I'm sure that in life, someone from the world tried to put a label on you. They tried to say you were this or you were that, but I'm putting a word label on myself. That's what Jabez did. I'm not going to be known for creating pain. I'm going to be known for expansion and blessing. He changed his label. I went to a different record label. It's called Heavenly Records. And they are now running my career. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to read this again. This I say then. Walk in the spirit. Did he say walk in the spirit if you feel like it? Did he say walk in the spirit if if the conditions are right? All right, so walk in the Spirit. Why the Spirit? Because the Spirit is the author of the Word. Holy men of God were inspired by the Holy Spirit and wrote the words. Amen? Who was in creation? The Holy Spirit was in creation. What was he doing? He was hovering. What was he hovering for? He was waiting for the command of the Father. 
And once the Father spoke, the Holy Spirit went from hovering to creating and bringing into being. Okay? So if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Is it possible to overcome the lust of the flesh? Yeah, but you got to walk different. Whenever the, the Bible uses the word walk, it means living, lifestyle. It's talking about how we live every day. Okay? Walk in the Spirit. In other words, you got to agree with the Spirit. you got to communicate with the Spirit. you got to think like the Spirit. you got to listen to the Spirit. He has a voice. The Bible said don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That means you can't do things that grieve Him. Walking with Him is walking in, with Him in harmony and agreement. Amen? According to His standard. Okay? For the, flood, the, the flesh... Lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. Your flesh and these, notice the spirit is capitalized. That's talking about the Holy Spirit. Your flesh and the Holy Spirit, they don't always agree. But your, a born again spirit and your spirit are in agreement. That means that you The real you, the hidden man of the heart, the spirit that God recreated has to override the flesh and its desires. And you've got to make your flesh do what it needs to do. Some, 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 uh, sometime along this trip, after I walked up the balcony 40 steps, the next day, my hip was like sore, like the muscle was tight. I mean, it was sore. And, uh, but that didn't keep me from walking. Amen? Why? My flesh has to conform to my spirit, not the other way around. In other words, I'm not going to let my flesh keep me from doing God's will. Amen? Okay? My hip is a lot better now. It got loose, thank God. Okay? And these are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if if you be led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. How many are led by the Spirit? Being led by the Spirit means He gets to tell you where to go, what to do, how to respond, what to say, what to be. Amen? We got to be led by the spirit, not by the feelings. Look, have your feelings. Nothing wrong with having a feeling. Just don't let the feeling lead your life. Nothing wrong with having emotion. Just don't let the emotion get out of control. Amen. God gave us feelings and emotions. Why? They're indicators. Was Jesus ever angry? Was Jesus ever sad? Yeah, he was. He wept. Real men don't cry. Well, Jesus did. He's the most real man you'll ever experience. All right? Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Now, he goes into what the works of the flesh are. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness. That just means letting your flesh run wild. Letting it do what it wants to do. Idolatry. Witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, 
wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I also told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So if we're living our lives, letting our flesh dominate our our thinking and our responding and our acting, then we're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? But we don't have to live that way. We're not bound to live that way. We have a choice. We can do differently. Notice what he said. Verse uh, 22. But, thank God, God, when God butts in, he's about to change some things. Let God butt in. If you're dancing with the wrong partner, let him cut in. Amen? But the fruit of the Spirit. Notice we're supposed to walk in the Spirit. We're supposed to walk in these things. We're supposed to live in these things. We're supposed to produce these things. Why? They add to your faith. The fruit of the Spirit. Fruit is singular. Spirit is singular. These are all together. Even though they have different names. Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law, there is no limit. And they that have, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Say, I'm crucified. Say, my flesh is dead to me. Yeah, your flesh is just a tool. It's the house you live in. It gets you from where you need to be, right? From point A to point B. But your flesh no longer dominates you. Pre-Christ, your flesh dominated you. After Christ, no more. We're spirit-led, we're spirit-fed. Amen? And when you crucify the flesh, just like Jesus, you live. Jesus was crucified, yet he still lives. Isn't that awesome? Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ... And I live, yet not I, but Christ lives through me. And the life that I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Galatians 2.20. Isn't that awesome? We can be dead and still live. Glory to God. It's a new life that we're living. It's a new way of living. We got to put off the old way. Amen? And that's going to add to our faith. Okay? So right thinking and right speaking produce right behavior. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. Right thinking and right speaking produce right behavior. Well, um, can you pause at Mark 5? Let's go to Romans 12 for just a second. We're going to come back to Mark 5. Just go to Romans 12 first. Okay. Paul is writing here by the Holy Spirit, and he said, Romans 12, 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. How often are God's mercies fresh? Every morning. This morning when you woke up, God made you a fresh batch of mercy. And notice it's by the mercies of God that you present your bodies. In li- what, what, what are you supposed to present your bodies? Living. living. Everybody say Living. How often does living occur? Every day. Right? Every day. 
Everybody say every day. Every day. We're supposed to live for God every day. Yes. Oh, no. I, I, this week I'm taking a vacation from living for God. No, you're going to be in trouble. If you take a vacation from living for God, you're going to let the devil come in and steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? You present your bodies a living sacrifice. Well, I thought my bodies were dead. Yeah, but Jesus made it alive. In other words, present your body as a living sacrifice, it means I'm here to do your will. You offer your body to do God's will. You offer your mouth, your eyes, your ears, your hands, your feet, everything to do God's will. Right? The Bible tells us we're supposed to offer our instruments. These are our instruments. Hands, feet, mouth, ears. Our instruments to righteousness. In other words, we're allowed, we're supposed to allow righteousness to, our, our bodies are supposed to be, do righteous things. Okay? Why couldn't Joseph sin with Potiphar's wife? He said, how can I commit this thing against God? He knew that he would hurt God and he would hurt himself. And the reason he didn't do it was because his love for God was greater than the desire for the other thing. Okay? So I present my body a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God. (laughs) God, would you put your hand there? Yes, I would. Okay, I'll put my hand there. Would you put your hand here? No, I'm not going to touch it. What did it say? Acceptable to God. Have you ever let your body do something that wasn't acceptable to God? Oh, yeah, I have. I let my body do some things that God did not accept. And then I had to repent and get forgiveness. Amen. Thank God for repentance. Which is your reasonable service. Amplified says your spiritual act of worship. God is not unreasonable with what he asks us to do. It's not an unreasonable request to say be holy for I'm holy. That's not unreasonable. Amen. We can be holy. Okay. Verse 2 And be not conformed to this world or this world system. You're not supposed to be like the world. You're not supposed to imitate the world. Why? This world is run by a madman, a crazy man, someone who got kicked out of heaven. Heaven's reject is running this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4, the God of this world who blinds the minds of them that believe not. Satan gained control of this world and its system when Adam sinned against God. Now, he is not, his control is not eternal. When Jesus comes back again, Satan loses all control. And God reestablishes his kingdom and he sits on the throne, glory to God. And the lion will lay down with the lamb and we can play around snakes and they're not going to bite, glory to God. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And, and Satan will, will get his retirement of fire. But for now, right now, in this current time, Satan is running the world's system. And if people are operating according to the world, they're operating in the system that Satan set up and is running 
or controlling. Okay? That's why he said, be not conformed to this world. The Bible said, if you love the world, you hate God. But be transformed. Say transformed. I'm telling you, what does that mean? Metamorphosis. That means a caterpillar can go up into a tree and he can spin a cocoon and he hangs out in that cocoon for a period of time. And then when his time comes up, he's no longer a butterfly. I mean, he's no longer a caterpillar. He becomes a butterfly. What happened in the cocoon? There was a transformation, a metamorphosis that took place. We're supposed to transform Be transformed, how? By the renewing of your mind. Why your mind? Your mind controls your body. If you want your body to do different things, you've got to think different thoughts. And so to think different thoughts, you've got to get new information. Because this is part of having our faith be strong. You can't have strong faith in a weak mind. What kind of mind are we supposed to have? The mind of? Everybody say, the mind of? Say, I have the mind of Christ. That's quite an upgrade. You know, when you have the mind of Christ, you think holy thoughts, you think pure thoughts, you think lovely thoughts, you think faith thoughts, you speak faith words, you speak lovely words, you treat people good, you you honor God, amen? When you have the mind of Christ, you can walk on water. (laughs) When you have the mind of Christ, you can go through the fire. Hallelujah. When you have the mind of Christ, nothing can't stop you. Glory to God. And we have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ is the Holy Ghost. Spirit. Walking in the Spirit. And by the way, I finished this message right before we landed. I was finishing the touches on the plane. I mean, when, when, you got to do what you got to do. Amen. So, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to prove God's will true, then change your mind. You will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Okay? All right. Now let's go to Mark 5. Okay? I want you to see something here. Mark 5. Familiar story, but I want you to see something. Go, go down to verse 25. Mark 5, verse 25. And a certain woman, this was a real woman, this was a real circumstance, This was an actual occurrence. A real woman which had an issue of blood for 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. And had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered but rather grew worse. Now, we're going to put ourselves in the shoes of this woman today because she did not stay in a weakened faith state. Now, let's just take a look at this. For 12 years, 
This woman was hemorrhaging. This woman was bleeding. The bleeding didn't stop. It carried on. I don't know exactly how she bled, or but the Bible tells us that she had an issue of blood for 12 years. So for 12 years, she was in a physically weakened condition. For 12 years, she said, man, you, you, you want to go to the mall? No, I just, I'm so tired. I just want to rest. You want to go to lunch? No, I'm just so tired. I just want to rest. What? Weakened condition. 12 years. How many's ever given blood? Do you feel like Superman after you give him blood? No, you feel a little weaker, right? You got to rest. You got to drink some juice. Amen. Am I telling you? Is it right? Why? Because when you give blood, it weakens you. Now, she wasn't giving blood, but it was coming out of her. Twelve years. Okay? Let me go to this doctor. Sorry, ma'am, I can't help you. But let me run some tests. Sorry, I, I can't help you. Oh, man. Let me go to this doctor. Let me run some tests. Sorry, can't help you. Now it's getting worse. Let me go to this doctor. Sorry, I can't help you. Spent money here, spent money here, spent money here, spent money here. Now she's broke. Where did all of her money go? To physicians that couldn't help her. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't think that your situation was going to improve? Where you didn't know how you were going to get out of this mess or get past, get past this situation or overcome this? This was working in her mind. Would you think that she needed some new information? Because all the information she was getting wasn't helping her. Nothing against doctors. I have nothing. I love doctors. Luke was a doctor. He wrote two books of the Bible. Amen. But the information that she was getting her wasn't helping her. It wasn't improving the situation. It wasn't changing the situation. You do that for 12 years. That's going to wear you down. That's going to steal your hope. That's going to make you feel hopeless. You. You're going to have to fight depression. You might get depressed. Why can't I get rid of this thing? Oh, God, why did you put this on me? You know, God didn't put it on her, by the way, but she didn't know that. So she's in this state of a physical weakness, and it's it's getting worse. It's not improving. She spent all of her money. Did the Bible say she spent all of her money? She had spent all that she had. Now, she must have been pretty rich to be able to sustain that for 12 years. 12 years of doctor bills, 12 years of medical tests, 12 years of clinic uh, appointments. Nothing grew worse. So, But she needs to change her situation. How are you going to change your situation? You need new information. Say, I need new information. Say, things are about to change. One thing... Changed this woman's whole life. That was the truth. Look at verse 27. It's right here. When she had heard of Jesus. Say she heard Jesus. She heard the word. All right. When she heard the word, something happened on the inside of her. She no longer thought of herself as a victim. She no longer thought of herself as weak. She thought of herself as I shall be healed. I shall be whole. I shall overcome. She had a different mindset, which, and she acted on that mindset by her actions. Yeah. 
She believed what she heard. She was convinced of what she heard. What did she hear? Oh, let me tell you how Jesus healed the blind man. Let me tell you how Jesus made the lame man walk. Let me tell you how Jesus told, told this guy to pick up his mat and walk. And he'd been sitting there for 38 years. I don't know what she heard. The Bible didn't tell us, but the Bible said she heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. What she heard of Jesus, one phrase about Jesus was different than every doctor she visited, than every hospital that she went to, than every ever doctor's office she was in. She heard about Jesus, and that gave her a bit the ability to change her mind so that she could have strong faith. Amen? When she had heard of Jesus, she was fully convinced, fully persuaded that Jesus was her answer, that she could be healed just by touching Jesus. Amen? She had a different mindset. She got new information, which changed her perspective, which changed her belief system. And not only that, Jesus will heal me and it won't cost me a dime. I just got to get there. I just got to get to where he is. Oh, come on. We got to have a desire to get to where Jesus is. Amen. We got to have a desire to come to a place like this where Jesus is, where the word is taught, where the word is preached, where the Holy Ghost is free to move, where he can do things. Amen. You came here today. Hallelujah. Because we got to be hungry and thirsty for God. The hungry and the thirsty, they're the ones that get filled. If I make you a dinner and you don't show up to the table and you complain about your hunger, that's your fault. I made you this dinner. I set the table. The food's on the table. All you got to do is come. Come represents hunger. Come represents thirst. See, I came today to change my mind and to get something what I need. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So she changed her mind. All right? She, she began to think, I shall be whole. And her behavior dem- reflected what she thought. And she believed and manifested her change, thinking, her change of thinking into a reality. She went from being sick for 12 years to being totally and completely whole. How quick does it take you to renew your mind? Did she have to go to a healing seminar? No, she just heard of Jesus. She maybe read an article of Jesus. She she wasn't on Facebook. So someone had to tell her. Someone had to testify. Someone had to communicate to her. Because they didn't have phones. They didn't have satellites. They didn't have TV back in that day. So she had one-on-one communication about someone telling her what they saw Jesus do. Don't ever underestimate your testimony. You may give someone your testimony and they may look like they're not receiving it, but the word went in them. See, different mindsets affect your behavior. 
You can have a carnal mind, a reprobate mind, a sound mind, a sober mind, a humble mind, a ready mind, or the mind of Christ. And they affect your behavior. All right? Go to, Mark, go to Matthew 14. Go to Matthew 14 for just a second. Verse 35. Matthew 14, verse 35. Are you getting ready to change your mind today? Your situation is not hopeless. You just need some new information. You just need to hear, you just need to hear about Jesus and how he can help in that situation. And then you just need to act on it. She heard it. She believed it. She received it and she acted on it. Amen? That's how we do. Matthew 14 and verse 35. Check this out. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him. someone, Someone had some knowledge of him. They sent out into all that country round about and brought him unto all that were diseased. The Amplified says, and when the men of that place recognized him, they sent word throughout all the surrounding districts. Everybody say they sent word. What happens when you send word? Faith comes. I'm sending you a faith message. This is a hallmark faith message today. Hallelujah. I cared to send the very best. They, when they had knowledge of him, when did they send it out? When they had knowledge of him. So they had to hear him first. You can't share with someone what you haven't heard. But you can share with them what you've heard. All right. They sent out into all the country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. They, they went to Palmyra. They went to Lebanon. They went to Mount Gretna. They went to Campbelltown. They went to Hershey. So let me tell you about someone who came to heal. Let me tell you about someone who came to save your life. Let me tell you some, someone who delivered you out of hell. Let me tell you someone who can help your life. They went out. The word went out. Hear ye, hear ye. Let me tell you the good news of Jesus. I can see newspaper boys. They're, they're, they're spreading the Good News Gazette wherever they went. All around the country, they said. And what happened? People who knew sick people brought unto him all that were diseased. Why? See, when, when the word of healing goes out, people with disease come. And look at verse 36, and besought him that they might only touch them, the hem of his garment, as many as touched were made perfectly whole. Say, as many as touched. I hope you didn't come here today for God to touch you. I hope you came today for you to touch God. They desired to touch God. Oh God, I want to be touched by you. How, how are you going to touch God? Let's turn it around. Let's you touch God. Amen. You you give your all to God. You've come you've got to come here and touch the hem of his garment. That's faith. Faith touches the hem of his garment. What happened to everyone who touched the hem of his garment? They were made what? What kind of whole? Perfectly whole. If you got something broken in your life and you want it made whole, one touch will make it whole. Not a touch from him, but a touch from you. How do you gotta to touch him? You gotta to touch him in faith. You can't touch him saying, I hope this thing works. If you're hoping that it works, you're not there yet. Just keep your hands to yourself. You're not ready to touch yet. 
What do you need to be in order to touch him in faith? You've got to be fully persuaded, fully convinced that what he said is so. Fully persuaded, fully convinced, absolutely certain that what he said is so. When you get to that place, and guess what? You don't have to wait for 10 hours to get there. You know what? You can get there like this. Amen? How do you get there like this? You make a decision. I'm going to get this. Amen? All right. Okay? Glory to God. So, everyone who touched him, how did they know to touch him? Because they heard about him. So based on what they heard caused them to do something different than what they did, and they got different results. How many of those diseased people touched doctors? How many of those diseased people touched medication? But when they touched Jesus, it did what no medicine could do. Well, Jesus is the greatest medicine. The Bible says that his word is medicine to all your flesh, Proverbs 4.20. Go to Mark, 6, Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. <laughs> so what that woman did was scriptural. She was acting on scripture and she didn't know it. Well, she was acting on the word that she heard about Jesus. What word have you heard about Jesus that can help your situation? If you're struggling to find your way out, Jesus is the way. I'm lost. No, I'm not. I know a way. Say, I know a way. Jesus is the way. Amen? Mark 6, verse 56. Mark 6, 56. <laughs> well, look at verse uh, 55. They, uh, and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those who were sick where they heard he was. Can you imagine if 50 people started bringing uh, hospital beds and cots right up here because they heard where he was? Yes. Amen? Yes. Let him come. Yes. There's, there's, there is a healer in the house today. Yes. As a matter of fact, a healer resides here every day. A savior resides here every day. A king resides here every day. Okay? Verse 56. And wheresoever he entered into villages or cities or country. It's not limited to size or population. It's limited to presence. They laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch him if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. Hallelujah. Notice, Jesus isn't touching them, they're touching him. How hungry are you today? How bad do you want what God is offering today? If you're hungry and you're thirsty, and I know that you are, Joyce Meyer said, where your mind goes, your body will follow. So what you got in your mind, that's what your body's going to do. Charles Cowan said, a strong faith and a faithful life removes any advantage that Satan thinks he may have over you. How many want to remove Satan's advantage? Well, you got to have a strong mind. What does a strong mind do? A strong mind resists him steadfast in the faith. 
Satan comes a knocking, you open the door and you just slam it right in his face. You say, you can't come in here. Amen? You get crazy thoughts in your head that are against God. You say, you're not going to stay in here. I take you thought captive. You have the right to remain silent. Did you know that you can tell thoughts to remain silent? And when they do, they won't say another word. Amen? You, you've been authorized to, reset, to, re, to arrest renegade thoughts. Thoughts that are contrary to God's word. This is what 1 Corinthians tells us to do. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. So they're pulling down our strongholds, bringing into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, casting down vain imaginations and bringing them into the obedience of Christ. If you get a thought that's going to cause you not to obey Christ, you got to cast it out, you got to resist it, and get it out. Amen? Throw it out with the trash. You only accept thoughts that are going to help you obey Christ. You bring every thought to the obedience of Christ. If you have a contrary thought, you do the, you do the opposite of what the contrary thought is telling you to do. A strong mind will produce strong faith. Amen? And spiritual fruit... Is part of that. Hallelujah. You know, we, we've got to always fight the good fight of faith. And your mind is capable of many things. So your mind must be trained. Everybody say trained. I love to train minds by giving them the gospel. Well, what is the gospel? It's good news. If you've been hearing a lot of bad news in your life, you got a place where you can get some good news. Amen? Amen. And I got a whole lot more, but I don't have a, enough time. We could have a seminar today. How you, do, you, do you, let me just say this, two points and I'm done. How you respond to situations in life is based on how you think. The way you respond to certain situations, that's the way you think. So if you want to change your response, you got to change what you think. Right? And Charles Collins said this, The wrong mindset prevents you from winning and it keeps you from overcoming. A wrong mindset. What's a mindset? It's, It's something that has been established, that's been set up. Through, through the years, through experience, through whatever. It's been set up. It's been established. You know, it, it, sometimes you got to destroy something that was established. Gor- Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Was not pro- President Reagan prophesying when he said that? Because what happened? The wall, what happened to the wall? The wall tore down. How many know that if the devil's trying to build a wall on your life? You can say, tear that wall down. You're not going to let it be established or let it be set. Amen? Say, I have the mind of Christ. I'm a winner. I'm an overcomer. I have more than enough. I cannot be defeated. I will not quit. I'm going to live by faith each and every day. Until Jesus comes, I make a decision that today I'm turning things around. 
I'm renewing my mind. And I have strong faith. Hallelujah. Get up on your feet and give Jesus a shout and a praise. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, what do you do after a big meal? You go, man, that was good. When we rejoice after the word, we're just saying, man, that was good. Hallelujah. Look, we got to rejoice before the Lord. Glory to God. God is a good God. He's doing good things in your life. Hallelujah. He's made it capable and possible for you to do what he did. Hallelujah. He wrote it in a book for you. He preserved it for you. He recorded it for you. He gave it to you. This is forever established in heaven. It's got to work this way. This will work against any challenge in life. It'll help you in marital challenges. It'll help you in financial challenges. It'll help you in career decisions. It'll help you raise your kids right. It'll help you overcome battles. The the Bible is not a book on how to be defeated. The Bible is a book on how to overcome, on how to defeat the enemy every time. Hallelujah. Do you know that the devil has to abide by this book? He, when you speak, the, it is written. Could Satan come, come up with another thing once, it was, once he said it is written? No. He couldn't say anything else. Once Jesus said it is written, okay. All the devil could do was leave him for a time. But Jesus used the word to defeat the devil just like he wants us to use the word to defeat the devil. We got to defeat the devil in our lives. We got to kick him out of our homes. And a strong mind is going to produce strong faith. Amen. It's going to make us overcome in life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, just pray in tongues for a moment. And if you don't know how to pray in tongues, if you've never prayed in tongues, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Being filled with the Holy Spirit, you have the Holy Spirit when you're born again, but being baptized in the Holy Spirit opens your life to spiritual power. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, the baptized, if you've never been baptized with the Holy Ghost, uh, you can be. Amen. It's a free gift, and if there's anyone here that would like to be baptized with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you can come up, hallelujah, and you can receive. Amen? Amen.